Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast for Black Women Connects Vancouver. Girl, you know it. So I'm the founder of Black Women Connects Vancouver, which started in 2017. And Black Women Connects Vancouver is a collective of women who come to inspire, empower, and leverage our strengths and embrace our diverse experiences. It is a community where we can build meaningful relationships and celebrate the beauty of our Black womanhood. I hope that you enjoy it. Welcome back to another episode of Girl You Know It. I am one of the hosts, Palasam. And I am Elle. And today we have a wonderful guest with us. But before we introduce our guest, today we're talking about relationships that are not heterosexual. So folks who identify outside of that um, and kind of experiences of that. I mean, I have my own experiences, but I also wanted to have our wonderful guest, Nyorai, here uh, to share what her experiences have been. And I know Nirai from a concert that I was walking to all by myself. Yes, yes, that is how we <laughs> met. So we met, I was walking to a Jamila Woods concert was, and I was yeah. going by myself. And um, as I was walking down the street, there's these like group of black uh, people and they're all turned around and like, yes, girl, yeah, you're doing it, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, there must be somebody behind me who is, who knows them? They're like, no, don't turn around. It's you. It's you. you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is, I, I'm definitely partying with these people. So welcome to the, welcome to the Thank you so much for that introduction. Yes, I had actually forgotten that's how I met you. That's really cool. It was, that was an amazing night, um, meeting people through concerts. Hopefully we can bring that again. But um, hi everyone, I'm Nurai. Um I identify as queer slash bisexual, um, and I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I work um, also for Colored with the Trails in terms of adver outdoor advocacy, um, so I kind of have my foot in different things, but I'm really trying to just basically, I think like most people, cultivate a life that they love um, and move forward like that way. Because you see people living their dreams, you're like, what can I do that, right? So yes. Exactly, exactly. I didn't know that you were working for Color the Trails. That's awesome. I was like, wow, Nora is really passionate about this. But that's, that's sick. Yeah, yeah. Kind of just their part-time right now, but yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I love, I love the outdoors and just being in nature too. Nature is so calming for me. You are a renegade. Y'all should watch in your eyes stories. They're mountain biking. People are just out there in the trails. Gazoom, gazoom. I'm like, nah. You, mm, I don't know. I'm just getting myself around to being able to travel all over the city on my bike. I can't imagine the routes. If I slip with my feet. Mm -mm. Oh, it's fine. We're all beginners in some way, shape, or form. I think getting started is like the most important thing. So if you start and you enjoy it and you're consistent, um, I kind of have my foot in different things I enjoy. I love hiking. Hiking, I think is like my first passion when it came to the outdoors. Um, but biking, I do have a road bike as well. So if you ever want to go bike around the city, let me know. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll be the biking, the, the, we'll start it. Oh no, there already is. Isn't there, um, Black Panther Cycling Club or something it like that? It is, but I haven't seen them post anything for this summer. I know they were doing stuff last summer. Last summer. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, if you're watching this, anybody from there, we are ready. We're already here. We have our bikes. We're ready to join y'all. So today we're going to be talking, like I said earlier, about, you know, folks who identify outside of being heterosexual, like myself as a queer person as an example. Um, and then obviously, Narai mentioned as well, my first question that I want to ask right from jump is, you mentioned before we started recording that it's taken you a long time to get to this point of like feeling this confident understanding yourself and actually being able to live like you just said your best life but more so even in like your identity in that way what were some of the biggest I guess challenges to overcome in order for you to feel like this is something that I can be outwardly and I can stand up in my skin like that um, I guess like most people how we grow up and our background greatly influences like how we perceive the world even if it's not our I guess core belief 
it's something that has been like imposed on us. So for me, I grew up in a very conservative country. I grew up in Zimbabwe um, and Zimbabwe is very conservative, ultra Christian, um, like most African countries, like homosexuality is like against the law, like people talk mm. down on it. So when you grow up around that and you kind of see that you don't, I didn't even think it was an option, you know, um, like exploring my sexuality wasn't even something I put in my mind, even though you, I'd noticed maybe I was attracted to people, like people who weren't men, I was noticing women, um, attracted to women, but like actually like moving on those like kind of like attractions, I just didn't do it. And when I did, um, which was probably in my very, very early 20s, like 2021, I felt bad, like like a lot of shame, a lot of guilt just kind of like flooded over me. And I was just like, no, like I can't do this. Um, not that I would go to hell, but it just, it terrified me um, simply because of what I'd been taught. And even like in my like mid twenties, I remember like, <laughs> I sometimes say this is the last like very straight guy I dated. But like, um, I was in like a entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> and like where it really, I think it could have been something like solid if I'd moved forward with it. Um, but I remember just at the back of my head having this like fear of like, oh my God, what if I haven't explored? <laughs> like all there is to explore, what if there's more for me? But at the same time, I'm, I was like, but that more terrified me because I didn't consider it as normal. But it's like, we all know that's programming. It's not a real thing. Um, and I remember talking to one of my friends and she was in the queer community and she really like pushed me. She brought me out to like my first like lesbian bar parties, like Babes on Babes. Um, <laughs> oh, Babes she, on Babes is, a, is another situation, y'all, eh? She took me to like my first like gay parties and she like encouraged me and we like talked through it. And she's like, yo, like just explore, see what's out there and you never know. But even then, it's still been a journey. You're like, oh, okay, so I am queer. When I first dated a woman, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And like, you're just like, oh, I feel so seen. I feel like I've never actually connected with, even with dating men, like the way I connect with like maybe a woman. I was like, oh my God. And after that, I still kind of dated and prioritized dating women um or like non-binary folks um and but even then there's still like that nagging fear apparently like internalized homophobia <laughs> or queerphobia doesn't really like go away um mm. or it takes a long time to kind of like get it out of your system i came across the concept called compulsory heterosexuality like two weeks ago and it blew my mind <laughs> so wow um, as to why it, it, it could be like that difficult for like, mainly for women or women identifying folks to like get through like accepting dating like other genders um, or same genders, but yeah. it's a wild journey y'all. That's all <laughs> I can say that. It absolutely sounds like a wild journey. I feel like even before I was confident enough because I've only ever explored my sexuality fully here where I'm far away from my family where I'm not yeah. in the confines of my culture people lurking and looking and asking questions or whatever the case might be and I feel like you know it's given me that opportunity to be independent and explore but I've, I definitely resonate with what you're saying I mean I feel like I felt shame for sex in general let alone you know actually trying to explore all of these different aspects you know that feel good or that my intuition says hmm, maybe this is a road that you should go down right is that fear of like oh well if I'm able to experience life at my happiest at my fullest or even experience this pleasure like it must be so wrong because apparently you can't be that happy or experience that much pleasure for yourself and just for yourself and you know almost in this like selfish way or self-serving way 
is how we've kind of dealt with it. But that term that you mentioned, compulsory heterosexual, is that is that correct? Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? I probably, off the top of my head, can't state the proper full definition. But when I came across it, it was, you know, YouTube videos. Um, it was like a person who she identified as bisexual, maybe for like, majority of her early 20s then she was about to get married and she was like um I think I'm actually gay like full lesbian and so she called off like her engagement it's a wild story and yeah she called off her engagement and so she called it like late bloomer lesbianism but I guess like her YouTube followers kept sending her this like document or whatever and it's like a master doc that just goes over um, compulsory heterosexuality, which is pretty much um, like just the notion of society has kind of placed a normal relationship on everybody. It's what we see mainly reflected in media. It's what we learn in our families. Um, and if you come from a conservative background, that's all you see. That's all you're programmed to like understand and know and anything beyond that, you're kind of like, um, I don't know about this. And that's like just ingrained. So it talks about how even maybe as like a lesbian person, you could still be attracted to men and you don't understand why. Um, it's just because in society, that's men are like what you aspire to. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. Cause you know, when you start flashing back into like <laughs> all the people you've dated and your experiences, you're just like, oh, this is where I maybe like didn't honor myself and I didn't understand what was happening um, and why that was. Um, mm. So just in, I guess, in terms of like a self-healing journey, <laughs> it's just been like, oh my God, that's crazy. So wow. always learning, always learning, always growing. Yeah, and I feel like, our brains are so brilliant and like are so masterfully like they can like make these connections and whatever so like unlearning is a really hard process in general for anything right like mm -hmm. you think you're like deconstructed from a certain thing and then you know you have you hear a song or you like have it and then all of a sudden you're back in that thing you're like why am I feeling all this shame why am I feeling all this like guilt and you're like I know like back to what you were saying Felissa but like how come we can't be happy in our fullest in our most optimal state because yeah. that's seen as selfish but I'm like when I die, I'm, I'm dead. Like, I, I want to experience life right now. I want to experience happiness right now. Like, and, and also, I hate things, but, and you're living your own life. Like, I, I get it. I, I resonate with your, you know, conservative, like my parents are from Kenya. Again, it's very conservative, very like ultra Christian. Um, and so yeah, the ideas of like queerness and like being gay and like it's not palatable in the same regard as it is, mm -hmm. let's say, for like Western cultures and like white families. I mean, and not to say that like there's not any um, difficulties, but like for some reason within the Black community, there's there's still a lot of strife and struggle um, in accepting a lot of our our own. Like, it's like, if my, if that person's gay, like that it's twice removed, yes, fine, good for them. But for some reason, it's like family members, they're like all up in your business and they're like trying to convince you that you're not and like trying to convince you that this and that and that mm -hmm, and you're not gonna have all the opportunities. And it's like, but for what and for why? Anybody can be mm -hmm. successful. So the compulsory hetero, wow, that's a thing. That's a that's wiring, crazy. that's a brain <laughs> wiring. You said that and I'm like, I know I know so many people who probably experienced that and they didn't have a name for it. Mm. Yeah, mm. and to say that I found this like two, three weeks ago at the most and I was like, what? You know, like mind blown, there's, there's a word for this, um, which yeah. is why I think language is so important because when you can name something finally at last and you're just like, ah, that's what it is. <laughs> I feel like that can help you to just kind of really, really start digging into like, what is that? Where can I start really like excavating and going deeper? 
Oh, mm -hmm. so yes, yes. But I love what you said about like that unlearning process. It's deep and profound and ongoing. Yeah, Always ongoing. Never ending, absolutely. As you mentioned, language is important. Like when you found the word queerness or queer, or when you even started to learn about words like bisexual and really like you're saying excavate, what were some of the like internal processes that were happening for you where you were like, oh, light, like light bulb moment, this feels like it matches me? Or was it just kind of a matter of like, oh, okay, well now that I can put a name to this thing, I can search here and if it doesn't work, I can search here and if it doesn't work, can, you know what I mean? Like, did you just stumble upon being like, oh, queer, yeah, that's totally what it is. Or was it like, hmm, am I this? Could I be that? Could I be this? And then through a bit of digging around, you were like, oh, this is the title or the category that works for me. Because I know even like categorization in itself is very limiting. Um, and it's also the language that we use is very limiting as well. So um, yeah, what was, What's that, what's that been like for you? I think for a long time, I didn't name it. Um, simply because I didn't know what label to take on. And that's a time when a lot of labels were starting to come up with the bisexual, pansexual, queer, like fluid. There's a lot of labels out there for things now. Um, and I think it was more of a trying on, oh, does this fit? oh no, that makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm not quite with it. I'm just gonna like keep going. Um, and what I do love about even just the term queer, queer is such a blanket statement. It can mean in almost just about anything within like the spectrum of sexuality. And it gives you room to still explore and evolve within that. So usually that's my primary like identifier. Um, <laughs> Even like, for example, I did tell my dad I was queer. <laughs> uh, it just looks down because it was <laughs> an experience. Um, and then I kind of had to just explain to him like, oh, and this is what it means. Like queer means I'm identified, well, I'm attracted to and like would be open to relationships to anybody like who's not a man, just like anybody else. I mean, to him, it's like man and woman, like, that's it, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's been interesting. And even in that, I feel like I'm still evolving because now for a long time, I was comfortable with like bisexual and now all of a sudden it doesn't quite fit right anymore. And I'm like, mm. oh, what's happening now? Um, I know there's this running joke within the queer community about like, oh, you figure out your sexuality and then all of a sudden your gender kind of like pops up and it's like, what do you want to do with your gender? <laughs> How do you want to now identify with that? And now I'm like, oh, I thought I'd been through this sexuality thing. I'm like, oh, so bisexual doesn't kind of fit anymore. So I'm back to kind of still being queer slash bisexual if people want like a definitive kind of term, mm -hmm. whether for like understanding or um taking that on but even within saying bisexual i know a lot of people think oh bisexual is you're just i like attracted to men and women mm -hmm. um there's a like further definition to bisexual which is kind of um yes i'm attracted to men women but i'm also attracted to the same genders as, as me and maybe somebody who's not of the same gender as me so same and different um which opens that up to like non-binary folks um or agender folks yeah mm, i like that i like that i like that redefining and language is so important and i think i like what you said about like i mean i say it because people just want to like Confine, but that's another thing it's confining again like why why do i need to why do you need to be like i'm bisexual why is queer not enough for you for people to be like okay i can just walk away but they're like no what type of queer oh gosh i said that and that was like so like triggering like you know what queer like, people do that too it's like oh you're queer but like what can i use i need more details i need more like def definitive terms Right. Yeah, they want to figure you out. I think that in the in, in society, we're always trying to figure each other out. Like, okay, well then, if you're defined as this, then this key, this key, and that key fit you. So that I know, like in conversation, these might be your pressure points. These might be your other points. I mean, I think it's also a shortcut in many ways for people to kind of not have to get to know you. It's like, oh, okay, cool, you define as this. 
then I can assume like 60% of these things about you. And then I only really have to get to know you specifically at a 40% range. And I feel like that also comes out. I mean, I did a really small stint on OkCupid when I was single. Um, and for me, that little small time that I spent trying to date and explore within the queer community, I was always left just looking at my phone like, mm. like this, like mm -hmm. this, just like, what, I don't, okay, this is, <laughs> this is a lot. So I want to find out from you, um, how has been, how, how has it been online dating if you online date, or do you prefer to do like a, in the socials date? online just never works for me I don't know if it's something about like not meeting a person that makes it very hard for me to connect um and even just con con conversating conversating with somebody online is just ah I don't like it I don't enjoy it I'm a terrible texter too and with Vancouver where everybody's kind of like inconsistent and flaky that's across the board that's not just like <laughs> the straight like online dating arena it's everywhere um and when I first went online too there were like a lot of white queers mainly that's all you saw online um I feel like now it's kind of gotten better. And even when I do say now, I do like a stint of maybe the most I've spent on an app is like a month. And then I'm just, cause nothing ever works for me there. Um, mm -hmm. Anybody who I've ended up dating, um, it's always kind of been like somebody I met in person um, and we connected that way and kind of just, I'm a no pressure hangouts. I like getting to know people and like exploring connections outside of the pressures of dating first. Um, even though people put so much like emphasis on like, oh, dating, you know where your intention is with dating. But I feel like even then sometimes people aren't honest, right? Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. looking at y'all's faces. Sorry, that's why I thought. <laughs> Alice totally going through it now. She'll tell you why. Tell them why. Oh, please. Tell them why. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. So yes, you're <laughs> correct. <laughs> don't tell the don't tell the truth. So I was recently catfished on the line on the on the interwebs on the online dating. Um. Yeah. So it was a it was a height thing. So like said that he was six five he shows up i'm like sir where's the rest of you because you look like you're five six five seven sir where is the rest of you i didn't say that i just like five seconds to myself and said it's a date it's a story let's go wow. and even when i was like you know what? It's not going to be a thing. I didn't. I didn't say anything because, like, I know with like the male ego, I'm like, I. It's fine. Well, he's huge. Yeah. Right. And I'm. I'm like five eleven. Like, I, I. My. My parameters are six two and up. So I just assume that you're taller, and you're not. So, anyways, you're right. As in, like, people sometimes do not tell all the truth on the line. Yeah. No. So yeah. I really like getting to know people outside of the pressures of dating because then you kind of just you really get to engage in getting to know a person just as a person mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the things I was going to bring up was <laughs> I went to a workshop once it was a polyamory workshop even though I don't identify as polyamorous um, and they were talking about like, oh, society has given us this like relationship escalator that we kind of sit ourselves up on. So you meet somebody, you're like, oh, this is my person. This is the one. Um, let's define what this is. And then from there, we'll bring in awareness and exploration and then build off of that. Whereas what they were saying, well, yeah, what they said in this workshop was like, oh, what if you approached it differently? What if you first opened yourself up to like the exploration phase? 
And from there you kind of figure out like compatibility or like what type of connection you want this to be. Cause they talked about different types of connections and you're just like, I've never thought about any of this. <laughs> um, what type of connection it is, like how does it serve you? Um, do you both have like core values where you're matched and exploring like, okay, what does it look like beyond that? And then finally within a, whatever amount of time you can set, you can define what that is if you're comfortable. Um, I have notes on it somewhere, but I remember that kind of like chain blown. Again, I had a lot, I've had a lot of mind blown moments. Um, and being like, yeah, why don't we approach relationships like this? Why? <laughs> I mean, I know why. <laughs> why do we have all these expectations that we set? And then we're so crushed and disappointed when those aren't met. Um, mm. It's because society has told us, <laughs> like, this is what you need to do and navigate. And yeah, this is what you need to do and kind of set up to navigate yourself and have a partner for life. Um, yeah. 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 The attachment styles are wild. That would talk oh, to that you. Too, like, that too. Oh, let's totally latch on to each other. And then we can like figure out, um, okay, well, I'm this type of person or like, okay, well, I'm this type of person. I feel like um, a lot of the time in relationships, people really lose their independence. It's like, you still have to cultivate your own personhood. You still have to be your own individual saying, yes, you and me are going to have these goals together. But I have these goals, you can have those goals, but we're coming to make a mutual agreement to fulfill these specific goals together. I feel like um, we need to share that workshop <laughs> with everybody and uh, we need to all be attending it because that is some next level stuff. I feel like that's a really big way as to how we can help folks who are not taught to be more, um, to lead with emotion versus lead with like societal norms in order to develop that side of things. I mean, I'm talking about a specific group of people, but you know, we gotta, we gotta not point any fingers. Um, as a person from that specific group of before, I get it. I, I, I was in there and she was talking about like the switching up, like, yes, absolutely. Because certain groups of people will prioritize you have to be in a partnership. You have to be, to fit in this mold. You have to be, a, you're, not a, you're not a person and you're not a whole person until you're in a partnership that looks like this. Mm -hmm. And then you have to fulfill these functions and duties and then you're a whole person. So that's why I think on top of societal stuff, you have all these structural processes that say, if you're not hitting this mark, you're not successful as a human being and you're failing. So then we put all this pressure on the end goal and being like defining everything and then we lose out on the just the experience and the process like had i stuck to that i would have been like my guy you're too short for me i'm out i now have a great story about catfishing that i can share with everyone i went through the process of it right it's just like cool but like you're yeah. right we need to flip it on our on its head like the dating getting to know people so i, I really like that you gotta share that with us like I don't know if she still runs these workshops because these was back in like <laughs> I was about to say 2020 no we'll skip it 2020 this was probably back in like 2018 <laughs> we're skipping 2020 2018 I feel like 2020 skipped us it was like forget these humans just jump over them just jump over them just okay well, we'll revive them Black Women Connect Vancouver will revive them. Some fall events, some sessions, okay? Look out for some deeper understanding of your relationships. I feel like there's a lot that can be learned as we can see in society by like all of the things that would be quote unquote outside of the box. You know when they say think yeah. outside of the box, but they don't really want you to think outside of the box because they just, they like to say that because it's cute. I feel like there's a lot to learn. Like for example, you know, you mentioned polyamorous relationships. That, <laughs> That triggers the crap out of me because I'm like, wait, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Focus on me, just me. Don't try to focus on other people because I have my own stuff with that. And I feel like the more and more that I that that we can learn what those relationships 
actually are about and what the structures of building it actually look like. It's more than just, you know, oh, you're going to get jealous of this person and that person. It's really about balancing all of these different aspects as well. Um, so I know that you said online doesn't work for you and you meet people in person, but is it successful in Vancouver for you to date? Do you feel? <laughs> Even then. Um, no. Um, people, I, and I also think this is where people are like, oh, but queer relationships are so much better. I feel like people treat, or like people perceive queer relationships as like this unicorn perfect thing. And like communication struggles don't happen in queer relationships. Like toxicity doesn't happen in queer relationships. I'm like, that's a whole lie. All those things you deal with in like straight or like heteronormative relationships, they still appear in like queer dynamics. It's just maybe for, I don't want to say most queer people, but for at least for the ones I've met and I've engaged with, a lot of that like self-awareness and self-healing has been a priority a lot of that communication and like, um, there's a word I was looking for, but I, anyway, whatever. A lot of that like reconnecting after like some sort of like wounding, I guess, has occurred. I find that at least for me, that's been a lot more common of like, oh, let's communicate and talk and like work this out in some way. And if you need space, cool, let's check in like, in some time like how are you now um that's what i've appreciated about like i guess any kind of like intense crushes i've had or like dating i've tried to do um there's been a communication that has happened that i've never encountered in like straight when i was dating straight men basically um and I was like, what is this? Because the first time <laughs> I kind of got annoyed. I'm like, why are you trying to talk to me though? Oh. <laughs> oh. But then you kind of grow and evolve and you're like, oh my God, no. Oh, there's a repair that's like, that can happen. You don't have to stay friends with this person always, but you can if like that connection feels like it served something beyond just like romantic connection. Um, and you can communicate about it and talk things through. If there's awkwardness, acknowledge the awkwardness, um, but also acknowledge the love. And I feel like a lot of my kind of queer dating has forced me to see kind of just like, oh, beyond just romantic connection, we've prioritized romantic connection so much and we don't need to put that much emphasis on it. Um, your friendships can be like, even more like central to who you are. So I know at some point I had a term where I was just like, I was I was single, I'm just in love with all my friends <laughs> um, because my friends are amazing. And I was really just trying to focus on myself um, and kind of do my own healing. And yeah, so within queer like dynamics, it's forced me to see beyond just like the romance. Um, and romantic connection. It's like, oh, how do you prioritize romance? Well, I guess like even the what's reserved for like romance, so like the like affirming somebody, like really, really well gifting somebody like flowers, that can happen between friends too. Just be in love with mm -hmm. your friends and prioritize them. Um, we talked about, I remember talking about like physical touch with one of my friends. And we were saying like, oh, why do we only reserve certain kinds of like, just like, especially if you, your love language, I guess is like physical touch. Why is it that as friends, you kind of have to hold your friends like here, you may not kiss your friends, you may not have sex with your friends, but like there's other forms of physical contact, unless they're friends with benefits, who knows, but like <laughs> there's other forms or of like- entanglements. <laughs> or entanglements, yeah. There's other forms of like intimacy we can still access within that and just share space, I guess, in that sense. And this is all something I've learned in queer spaces. So even though I can acknowledge that it can happen beyond that, this is where all my learning has happened. So for me, I give so much credit to like the people in my life who've on their own like self-learning and self-healing journeys have kind of like been open to like navigating with me and my own self-healing and self-learning journey and kind of create 
better connection in that sense. Mm. Wow, I really like that. I, when you said that, like you were like, I'm in love with all my friends. It's funny, my, one of my best friends just had a baby and kind of she's like in mamahood. And this past week I'm like, I have I, the person that I talk to the most is now gone. And I actually videoed her today, I'm like, I'm recognizing now that you've been my partner in life for the past two years. And now I have to renegotiate and figure out because she's been my like my person, but in a non-romantic mm. way, she's been my friend, right? So it's like, you're right. Like, why are we prioritizing it just to be like between this like loving type thing? It's like, I have so much love for all my friends. Melissa, yesterday we're at brunch and she was like rubbing my back. And I was like, oh, that feels so <laughs> nice. And she was like playing my hand like, oh. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, why? Why can't, why not? I loved it. I was like, don't stop. <laughs> it feels so good. <laughs> I really love that. And and I, I would agree with you as well that I've learned a lot in the queer spaces that I'm in. I feel like one of the things that my queer friends don't allow for is the just, or is like, the disruption of a friendship for an argument. They're like, no, we are gonna go to conflict resolution. You, we're just gonna struggle through it, but we're certainly gonna get there every time there's a bit of a hiccup or anything like that. Whereas with past relationships, it's been like, oh, it's a struggle, peace, I'm done. Let's, oh, we're out here, I'm out of this, you know? And it's like, I'm really, really grateful for that. And you know, you really put that in perspective for me. I heard also recently from one of my other friends that there is this term called queer fishing, if I'm using it correctly. And I think it's this idea that people will say that they're queer um, as, as the blanket term to use it as a way to gain access into the community, but they're not necessarily within the community. So that's, uh, so I was gonna ask you that, Nora, like, have you heard that term before um, this moment? This is the first time I've heard queer fishing of people. Oh trying to get into the queer community and they're not new. I've heard of queer baiting, like on TV shows. Oh, but queer maybe fishing, that's what no. it's called. Maybe that's what it's called. What's queer baiting? Oh, uh, queer baiting is when they do like, on like TV shows or movies, they'll suggest queerness, but there's like no follow through, none of that. And so a lot of queer people will watch something just cause somebody referred it and it was like, there's like a queer thing in it, but Sometimes I think with creators becoming like this popular thing, um, there's now like I guess a lot of shows are like kind of like going on with it, and so the the only like example I can think of is Bridgerton, <laughs> um, where have y'all watched Bridgerton? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think the queer baiting that happened there was like one of the brothers he had like his artist friend who invited him to like those whatever those art get-togethers were and so there were suggestions of him being queer but there was like never follow through on it and the show like season ended and you were like what happened to that storyline uh, <laughs> like oh i didn't even pick that up when i watched it i was just like oh just a regular, like I wasn't expecting for there to be any kind of a queerness in Bridgerton. I was definitely expecting for whoever that lead person was who is no longer the lead now to be stripping down on some level. But that I was like, heterosexual sex scenes, given, definitely gonna happen. Um, but wow, I didn't know that there was, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, no. So maybe it was queer baiting that my friend was talking about. And then I just kind of, well, morphed it into queer fishing too. like I, who knows people do weird things sometimes yeah. what were you gonna say Elle? i was gonna say actually that character ended up in a heteronormative relationship like he the character ended up with a woman after that but not like in like a we're together but like more like a i'm just gonna like be an artist and sleep around but only with women oh that happened i didn't catch that yeah, um, like, I can't remember him ending up with like a queer, he ended up in like an orgy with women and then he ended up with like a woman as his companion. So yeah, queer baiting for sure. And also fun fact that I just found out today, sorry, I'm just gonna, I love fun facts. The last four or five years, 
for feature films have not had a queer lead in them even though they said that they wanted to increase diversity of like characters i'm like cool so you're you're saying you're talking the talk but you're not walking the walk so i'm just gonna throw that out there as well like darker skin tone people can be like portrayed as villains queer people when they are featured are usually portrayed as like the villains and you're just like what is all this <laughs> they have to make them a threat they have to make you a threat in order for the for the for the storyline to continue that's absolutely rubbish but isn't strong black lead changing that i feel like stuff that's usually comes in under like strong black lead is changing that is it lena lena white wait oh mate is that the name lena yes. Yeah. yes that's how you say it yeah yeah yeah. i feel like i'm there in a lot of lead shows but or am i just fabricating film. that feature film not tv shows oh, not netflix not streaming feature film oh oh yeah i'm not expecting much from those they still don't get Africans to speak in African languages. They still don't get Italians to speak in it. They still are out here portraying people and tan, falsely tanning people. I'm not interested in it. So I'm not, I'm not really expecting much from those the things movies. too. They just can't all expect the, much. Even in, even in what was that other one? The one that we all loved and they're not doing another season of it. The country, something country. County, love something country. county. Love country or whatever. Lovecraft oh. County. Yeah. yeah. Where they were. So yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, are you serious? In the midst of this resurgence of like you and okay. Clearly, even if the world is burning, people are not gonna be like, oh, wait we should actually change and not do this. It just doesn't make sense to me. But thank you for coming on to the podcast episode. I know the conversation's kind of be, <laughs> whoa, I was gonna say a little bit everywhere and then my laptop's like, I got that sentence yeah. for you. <laughs> a little bit everywhere. But I, you know, I've really appreciated you being very open about your experiences as well. If you were to stumble upon this episode, three years later or three years in the past, what kind of advice would you have for somebody who is exploring themselves? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The baby careers. Uh, the young, young people who are just like, I don't know. Um, take your time. Um, take your time. Make sure you're comfortable and you don't have to pick anything just yet. You don't have to define anything just yet. You don't need to rush into anything. This this is a journey for you, basically. It's it's for you. It's at your pace. Um, there are people who will encourage you and people maybe who will push you. And sometimes they'll push you because they want you to become your best self, but still always check in with yourself first. And if you don't have a community yet and you want that for yourself, call it in because there is like queer family out there uh, or queer chosen family. That's been, I think, an integral part of my own queer journey. And make sure you're safe, make sure you're like good and grounded and you're loved. There's a whole community of people who love you regardless. of whether you feel small or like on top of the world right now. That's so sweet. Thank you. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, do you have any uh, last words before Nirai goes? I just, I really appreciate you kind of highlighting all the lessons that you've learned in your queerness, in those spaces, because I feel like they are of value for literally every human being. And I just wish that everyone could get to a place where they're like really self uh, introspective and, re- and, and pushing the boundaries as to like what we know to be normal, quote unquote normal, um, how we interact with each other, how we love each other. Um, and I mean that more like the romantic versus friendship, like, it, uh, like you said, 
you, people are loved no matter what and they have your chosen time. I just, I really appreciated that. That was great. Thank you. Thank y'all for having me. I can't believe this went by so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so what do they say? Time flies when you're having a good time, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. This has been really awesome. I will see you folks in the next episode. Um, oh, no, I'm lying. Uh, is there anything that you're doing coming up that folks should be looking out for? I know you mentioned that you're an artist. And I also saw that there's a specific new page on a specific new app. So tell the folks. Uh, yeah, so I decided this year I got a pandemic epiphany, a pen pendiphany, as I heard on a YouTube video. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want to create more. I want to do more art things. I was already in like writing um but art i neglected my art but yes um i'm also gonna be like building up my art and i have created an instagram page um called munamato creates so m-u-n-a m-u-n-a-m-a-t-o dot creates um so if anybody wants to check out my art please do i'm still very nervous about sharing it <laughs> um but I'm trying to create like a whole series and then putting it up online and selling prints and trying to get paid <laughs> as, as we all are. <laughs> and I've already seen some of the artwork and it's really gorgeous. I already know which one I want once you get your prints ready. So I'll be ready. Yes, I'll be ready. I definitely want the one with the fro from the back. I feel like somebody's done a photo shoot with me like that, but I don't have that picture so i'm like mm, actually this reminds me of that so yeah i want that one once you're ready to release your stuff okay good to know good to know i'll remember this and i'll reach out <laughs> awesome it's been really incredible to have you and we'll see you folks on the next episode of girl you know it bye, bye. that was really lovely to have Nirai on i was always i think i'm always nervous about these types of topics because like I was saying uh, before, my family watches this stuff like sporadically. So I'm always just like, hmm, I don't know which one they'll catch. I don't know if this is the one where I'll get, I'm always kind of waiting for a phone call or something in the back of my mind, like waiting for the other shoe to drop, but it hasn't yet. Maybe because I'm anticipating that they'll react in a way that they're not. So, uh, but that was really awesome. Um, how did you feel? I really, I really love that conversation. I didn't know what to expect coming into it and like what direction we would go, but I really appreciated the way that she kind of was like, I'm learning, I'm still growing, I'm still moving in my journey. Um, and I love how she's like, this doesn't fit anymore. So like, let me find new language as best as I can approximate to like match where I'm feeling. And I feel like certain people get stuck and they don't know how to move and like I appreciate that she's very like open to the experiences so that's what I learned a lot and just yeah those highlighted lessons I, oh my gosh I'm gonna take them with me I'm gonna walk I'm gonna put them in my baggage I'm gonna walk with them and I'm gonna apply them to all the relationships that I have <laughs> <laughs> I love how you literally did a walking <laughs> I think what I'm taking away from it is the new term that I learned. What is it again? Compulsory. Is it compulsive? Yeah, compulsive heterosexuality or something like that. Yeah. I feel like in some respects, um, the moment that Nirai said that, I was like, oh, I was hit with so many memories. I was like, no, no, not right now, not right now. Um, of like instances where I feel like I, I, I thought that I had to be a certain way or like I had to be attracted to a specific type of person and that a person outside of that is, you know, wasn't good enough or was gay and then that was a bad thing or whatever the case is. I feel like there's been a lot of things that even in, you know, growing up around family members, men who are seen as, um, what's that word again? Um, metrosexual? 
Mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, men who are seen as metrosexual, who care about the way that they look, who, you know, might not be the masculine way of being in the world, and that, you know, dating people who are emotionally there, which is not the typical masculine way, was a bad thing to do, and so I've experienced so many people in my family who've gone through different types of scenarios, and the moment that word, those words were said, I was like, oh, wow, this actually describes a whole part of my culture like a whole subsection which is really really interesting and making me feel like my um, therapist is going to learn about this next time (laughs) (laughs) do i have a word for you (laughs) i mean you know but again i think language and having that 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 specific those words it helps to validate people's experiences and it helps to know yeah. how you gaslight yourself thinking you're going crazy so it's like here's a word and I know that it's applied to me and now I can move in towards healing so I love that yeah yeah Wild. well what we've had a journey we've had a journey throughout the season of uh girl you know it uh podcast episodes and uh as it is this is our last one for the season and so we appreciate you coming along for the ride uh you know to listen to make sure you hit subscribe hit subscribe and like and follow <laughs> us on girl that you know it at Insta- on the instagram page and on youtube mm-hmm. um but yeah we are so excited to uh, come back to you in the fall with a whole new season a whole new set of concepts a whole new set of conversations and all the guests all the guests Mm -hmm. um but we are so excited yeah yeah a great evening day whenever you're listening to this and we will hear and talk to you soon yeah hopefully you come to all the events that we're hosting because that's why we're stopping the podcast for the rest of the season because we out here hosting y'all in person so don't just wait to watch us on youtube come to the event buy the ticket don't second guess yourself buy the ticket follow us buy the ticket hit subscribe subscribe yourself to the enjoyment come and enjoy yourself in the summer with us we'd like <laughs> we'd like you to say that subscribe yourself to the enjoyment subscribe to the enjoyment hashtag subscribe to the enjoyment <laughs> well, it's been really really lovely and we'll see you folks next season bye, bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's always amazing to get an opportunity to chat with these lovely ladies. So if you're looking to follow us off of the podcast and you're looking to catch up with some of the content that we have, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube, all at Black Women Connect Vancouver. And we also have a website for you at blackwomenconnectvancouver.com which is where you can sign up for our mailing list and our newsletter so you can keep updated with our growth and all of the other events that we have planned for you. Catch you later. Bye.